Okay. Well, I'm not checking it. Facebook itself. Are you actually looking at Facebook? Looking at the Facebook and seeing our faces on Facebook. You know, we really should come up with a new way to start. Go ahead, Fred. I don't think Facebook would lie. When it tells you on the screen that it's now screaming on Facebook, why would it lie? No, but maybe it's. It could be a mistake. Yeah, that's it's the software from Zoom that's saying that's that right. It doesn't actually say it's on Facebook. I mean, it says it's on Facebook, but it's no confirmation. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is, you know, maybe we should come up with a new way to start the show because I mean, like every intro, day, maybe <laughs> it's just every day now for as long as I can remember. The first words anyone hears when they. You know, the subscribe button uh, triggers the beginning of our program is you, me, or the three of us trying to figure out if we're streaming live on Facebook. Yeah. In the olden days, did you just start it right with the big intro and the music and everything? Or did you do the um, no, we, no, we um, you know that's a good point, Fred. When we not not that I'm I know you're Dan, but I'm saying to Fred now. <laughs> okay. and right, I know Fred. who you t- I know who you two are. <laughs> um. That is a point, Fred. When we first started this, or for years, the first thing people would hear is the intro to our show. And then we got into this thing where we talked for half an hour before we started the show. Yeah, that was back in the olden days. (laughs) And then things have sort of changed. As we've gotten older and a little more grisly, we care a little bit about the show with some bitching. <laughs> or or uh, the thing is, we're just so cool now that we think, hey, we don't need intros. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we can do a pre-show before the intro. Uh, and then we've had meetings where we say, listen, our sponsors pay for a mention at the beginning of the show. So we should begin the show with that. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, featuring flooding, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with Christmas lights in storage, and from Lisa's dining room table in Peterborough next to a Christmas tree. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. And now here are two men who are so happy to be back in Canada again that they've attached Canadian flags to their cars. It's the I'll be home for Christmas guys, Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Durant. You know, very, very often what will happen is one of us will say something and then it triggers something that the other person was thinking of saying. And that just happened when Fred mentioned how old and grizzled we are because i had written down something i wanted to talk to uh you two about by the way welcome to the show bill brio will be here uh that's always fascinating every month bill drops in we talk television series and such like that and uh you know maybe one day bill should interview you dan because he does a podcast i mean you've been on as many canadian television shows as anyone you know and movies and you know american series for crying out loud yeah. Ben just shit his pants. He doesn't he doesn't go there, Howard. <laughs> you know that. I'm sorry, Dan just shit his pants. Why? Well, you know, if he was not gonna go on, if he does everything he can to avoid, you know, Mike Boone and real talk, why would he go on with Brio? Dan yeah. doesn't like to open himself up to his profession. No. Well, and Dan's a recluse when it comes to yes. being <laughs> the only guys Dan trusts to interview him properly are you and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, definitely a recluse. Yeah, Dan's, uh, he doesn't... Even Howard, even when we ask him questions, he oh, no. quickly changes the subject. Um, by the way, before I get into what I was going to talk about, I did want to... I think this is a... Isn't, is Don Patterson that Don Patterson who's a friend of yours who I sort of know through you? Absolutely. Good man, Don Patterson. He's well, been at so many Humble and Fred events over the years. Well, yesterday, Don must have been listening because when we were talking about the entry requirements for the Kelsey's Christmas Spectacular, and by the way, only two more days, uh, Tuesday the 12th and Wednesday the 13th. After that, we're cutting it off. But uh, Dan, you'll find this interesting that uh, Don Patterson just, and you know Don from years at the train. Yeah, yeah, Don, yeah. Do you remember Don? I do. Sweetheart. Uh, Sweetheart. Sweet guy. Very sweet man. He entered. All it says is Mexican double dong wedding. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and uh, that made me laugh. So that uh, you can enter by just your all the subject line can be Kelsey's and we will now accept Mexican double dong wedding. Is that. Oh, so is that his request to come? Because you know where he lives now, Howard? You will find this. Interesting. Howard, he lives in Brights Grove, Ontario. And, and Dan, why would I find that interesting? Do you know why? No, because is, there's a golf course there, maybe. Because uh, Brights Grove is the home of Canadian uh, golf legend Mike Weir. Oh, very good. Didn't Masters champion. Masters champion. Masters champion. That's right. Mike Weir. So that's where Donnie lives now. Now, I know there's a property in... Uh, Hamilton that he frequents. It's a rental that he and his partner have, so he's back and forth sometimes. I would love to see him walk in because living in Brights Grove, don't see a lot of the guy anymore. How far away is it? I don't know. It's in the well, eastern half hour. Yeah, I'm sorry, western. Uh, it's like Sarnia area, right? Or oh. yeah, it? it's right on here on near Sarnia. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, he's he's if he wants to, Don is in. Because Mexican double dong wedding uh, qualifies. So here's what I was going to talk about that Fred maybe he brought up something about being old and grizzled. And I was like, you know, here's the problem with the three of us. And a lot. I think this happens to uh, men in particular. But as we've gotten older, our concept of what older is becomes skewed because I, I look at you two, and I'm being serious. Like, you guys look cool to me and in good shapes, you know, versus a lot of guys our age. And, and you know, you still have all your hair. All three of us still have some hair. And um, what I'm getting at is my idea of my dad's friends in their 60s looked a lot older to me. You know, I'm looking around you two, and I'm thinking, you know, none of you guys fit my perception i don't think i do of what i felt a 60 whatever five-year-old or seven-year-old you i it just you we just look different to me we look younger right would you not agree Dan? i would agree a lot of people i mean that's also because people are taking care of themselves a little bit more i think a hundred percent but you're but you're right too i mean it's all a matter of perspective i mean as fred pointed out i, I saw one of the pictures of me a lot younger and, you know, I looked a lot younger back then. And, you know, I didn't I don't think of myself looking old right now. Great point. Compared to that picture that I was looking at. I saw a picture of myself somewhere just 10 years ago. So I was 53. Now I'm 63. If math is, you know, in the equation. So 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I looked, excuse me, a lot younger to me in that picture than I do now. But yet in my normal day to day life, I don't 
think of myself as that old. This is my point. So yesterday, I had a bunch of people in the house. I had the mice people, I had the flood people, and I had the window people. It was quite a uh, quite a day of techno. The window people, yeah. yeah. Window people. I'm, I had to, what's that, Freddie? This will just be great for resale. This show. <laughs> I had the windows. The mice people, the window people, the flood people. How would you like to buy my home? <laughs> it's been maintained and maintained well, and maintained. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the mice people. Uh, by the way, clean bill of health, Dan. We after a year of fighting the mice, they're gone. Oh, great. That's good to know. The window people were here. I'm having the windows uh, in uh, some of the house replaced. Good. And then I had the flood guy here because uh, they came and uh, took away the dead meat. We can get to that later if you want. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The point I'm dead getting at about eight. Is a big per- thing. What's that, Daniel? Dead meat removal. That's, dead meat removal. Yeah. Gone. They've got this industrial stuff that they spray. And I'm still going to need to do some bleaching or whatever vinegar in there, but uh, in the in the uh, freezer. But uh, the thing they used actually took away most of the smell. You'd be surprised. Nice. Yeah, and it will more so even over time what they use, I'm sure, because it gets pulled into the rubber because that's where the smells lives, eh, in the, in the rubber. But I was really lucky. Unlike what you went through, I only had five or maybe four or five pieces of meat in there, some ribs, a couple of roasts. It really wasn't a lot of stuff. I'm getting to the point I'm trying to make about age, though. Please get there, please. So one of the guys in the crew of mice people, window people, flood people was talking to me. Good guys in the house all day. He was, when the, he was on the window crew. And at one point we were talking and, and I said uh, something about, you know, age. And I, he said, oh, yeah, my parents. He said, my parents are really. This kid was probably in his 20s. He said, my parents are really old. <laughs> I said, really? He goes, yeah, they're like in their 50s. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking laughed. I said to him, they're 50. He goes, yeah, I think my dad's like 55 or 56. And it made me laugh. And I said, well, how, I, I don't know how old you think I am, but I'm going to be 64 in January. He's like, what? And like, I'm like probably the age, you know, he thinks grandparents are. Yeah. But that's, that's why I wrote it down. I thought, you know, to a 20-something-year-old, old is somebody in their 50s. But to three of us and people our age... You know, we still, I mean, somewhere in our brains, think of ourselves at this age as kind of young. Yeah. You know, I was in the garage a couple of months ago, and I found this cassette tape, and it said Florida Trip 1988. So I started playing the cassette, and it was a buddy of my uh, my dad's buddy, Harold Brownlee. And he was narrating their trip. People used to do that. He was sort of blogging and diaring, diary diarying <laughs> their trip onto a cassette as yeah. some people like to do and i listened to it for about 45 minutes i was fascinated by it oh there's richard now he's got his uh, fishing rod he's coming down to the beach now a- anyway it was fascinating but i did the math on it howard in my mind i'm thinking isn't that sweet mom and dad when they're elderly in florida enjoying you know their golden years and here's some reference to it and then i did the math and my mom and dad were 63. Wow. Which is a roughly four or five years younger than I am now. But while I'm listening, I'm thinking of these two old people. You just, it happens to you. You just don't feel it or see it or, you know? Yeah. 
And by the way, I, if I, we can just pause it. If we can make diarrheaing uh, a word, I think that <laughs> that's not a word I, I think is as what popular. What would the as, word be? Well, it should be more popular. Diarrheaing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's, it's right. not more popular. It's a great phrase. You should use it as as a title for a book in the self help sector. Yeah, yeah I yeah. was uh, I was making some notes. What were you doing? I was diarrheaing. Really, I don't think that's what you were doing. But uh. and then I'm thinking, I gotta find. You know, I gotta find their ki- their kids or their grandkids and give them this cassette because my dad doesn't really talk on it. It's Harold. Sort of telling you everything they're doing, every move they make during this one particular day. And I thought, boy, wouldn't, you know, how important it is to have a loved one's voice yeah. on tape. Uh, and Harold, but, was, I digress, but I no, no, no. That's I like the Harold was way ahead of his time in because I've never heard anyone. You know, that's a pretty new concept to me. The idea of somebody narrating in the late 80s on a cassette machine. Mm hmm. But again, coming this was all by way of saying this kid thought 55, his parents at 55 was old. Here's another thing that I observed of myself yesterday. You know, I spent all day, like it was a, it was a full day of people, a, a crew of people in my house. And I saw you two in the morning. And I didn't see, there was just, just like there was, a, like I said, the flood dude came and the able pest control guy was here to do a follow up. And then the window people were here and I was in and out of the house doing stuff, took the dog, all sorts of errands. And I was not around any women until about three o'clock in the afternoon when I went and got my hair cut just in the building here. There's a friend of mine. She's got a, a salon. I go and get my hair cut. And that was the first woman that I spoke to all day. And the first thing she says to me is, your shirt's on inside out. (laughs) 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 And I gave her a big hug. I laughed. I said, that's what women are great for. That is why they're great. Because nobody else in my life the entire day noticed Maybe the fuck. Maybe the somebody on the the crew might have noticed. Maybe they thought this old fucker is wearing his fucking shirt inside out all day, all day. And here's the thing: she told me I laughed, got my hair cut, and then I forgot about it, and I kept it on like that for the rest of the day. I wore it inside out. Did you go out in public? I, I had a jacket on most of the time. You know, it's winter, oh, but uh, yeah. Charlie was over here. She never noticed, and I still had it on inside out. Maybe for most people, you're so fashion forward that it just seems... <laughs> that's right. That that's that's the right. thing to do right now. Ah, fuck. Let me ask you guys a question um, along the clothing line before we proceed to the next subject. Um, we're leaving to go to Florida a week or so ago, and I wanted to take a, a hoodie uh, in case it was cool down there. And my best hoodie is my... Um, what do you call it? Um, it's the one that says Canada on it. What's the company here that makes all the Canada stuff? Anyway, Roots. Roots. It's my Roots Canada. And she said, Doll said, are you going to take that one? I said, well, you know what? I, I, I'm i not big on displaying Canada when I'm in the United States. Because when I'm in Canada, sometimes you might see who you perceive Americans with big American flags or, you know what I mean? I I said, when I'm in somebody else's country, I'm not sure I want to be displaying, hey, I'm from Canada. Now, I don't know if that's over the thinking, the situation or whatever. But again, it goes back to 
I don't like seeing U.S. stuff in Canada being displayed for whatever reason. Anyway, I took this hoodie, and the only time I had to wear it was one night we went to this place for dinner. And when I wore it, I sort of, the front of it, I unzipped it and folded it over so you couldn't see Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually did. Yeah. What do you think of that? Do you, do you, overthinking, is that... Uh, but even yesterday, coming back on the plane, I thought, once I get to the airport, I'm, okay, I'm cool. In the airport environment, it's different because you see all sorts of different nationalities and people going here and there. But, um, Well, yeah. I, I have thoughts about that. But, Dan, why don't you uh, weigh in first if you have a thought or two. Often you're more contemplative. Uh, well, I think you probably are overthinking it. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, with... Americans coming to Canada, America is such a dominant country and so screwed up that it's easier to get a different opinion. And to to invert that opinion, you have Americans doing it here. I don't think that they would perceive it the same way down there. It'd be more of a novelty. Oh, you're from Canada. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was well, going to say that basically the same thing. I mean, I, I think it's great that you thought all that and I can relate to it. You know, like I have a sh- I have a T-shirt. Um, we we had a sponsor years ago here on the show, uh, a cannabis sponsor, and it's my the shirt's got a it, the shirt still it's like well you know you know T-shirts can kind of get out of um, they lose their structure. Well, this, oh yes, they do. Yeah, so this one still has some structure to it, so I like wearing it. But it's got a it's got a an, a symbol on the front of it, just some thing, and then it says something something cannabis. And I'm sometimes nervous wearing it because I'm thinking, okay, out in Mexico. (laughs) No, I get it. Because I'm like, okay, is the cartel going to see me and think I'm horning in on their, you know, business and take me out? Yeah. And then I forget about that. I put it on inside out and I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Best way to deal with a branded seat. Exactly. You should put your hoodie on inside out. It'd be fantastic. But I think, my, again, my thing is tied to Americans are just over the top. Yes. Most of their patriotism now is bullshit, as yeah. you can see. Well, of course. Just so over the top patriotic. Look at me. And I just don't want to leave that impression. Look at me, everybody. I'm from Canada, even though I'm so desperately proud of it and so glad that I'm Canadian. It's just something that's gone. Uh, yeah, it's just gone through my. I never my wear. I never wear branded tees. Even if you know, even if I, I bought something that had uh, I don't know a um, Hilfiger logo or something, I just I don't like any of that stuff. You know, I'm uh, the same. I'm saying other than I have a couple that I like that the kids have bought me. I have one that's got a real. I wear it sometimes on the show. It's a T-shirt that just says 100 percent or uh, whatever LA. Um, and then I have a, another one that says YYZ, like the airport identifier. Mm-hmm. By the yeah. way, later in the show, I got a great airport uh, story or an air, air airport. Airplane story. Oh, um, okay. But the problem with, you know, the T-shirts are expensive. Like, just plain white tees. You know, they're, they're, I went on, I was actually, because I came back a couple days ago, and I there's a couple T-shirts I can't wear anymore. They're just, uh, they have no structure. I've sweated the shit out of them. And they have a bit mm-hmm. of a stink to them, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Even yeah. after washing? Yeah, they, I've, I've had them for so long that every time I wear them, a little bit of the, you know, the BO That's from stink. the last time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that stink, bro. Yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> a Tide Pod can't deal with that. No, it's wow. just. But I was looking at. You should get that that meat spray for the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should just go in there and put. That's where I should put my t-shirts, Dan. 
<laughs> fucking Dan Duran. Meat. I'm very proud of that, Dan. You did a very nice little callback there. Yeah, callback there, yeah. Anyway, I went online to look at some T-shirts thinking I'd buy some before I go back. And, you know, they're not cheap. They're like, you know, 30 bucks, 35 bucks. Well, what? when we were down. Yes, yeah. Dan. Like, I don't have I don't have a lot of branded T-shirts either. And uh, Darren's got some great rock and roll uh, T-shirts. Yeah. But he spares no expense when he buys his clothing and T-shirts. And while we were there, he bought me. We went to this bar called, I think it was the Saltwater Brewing Company or something. And he liked their T-shirts, and he bought me one. And it's very, very nice. But it's a branded T-shirt, of which I have very few. I usually buy uh, the uh, Costco Rough Dress T-shirts. I like them. You know, I I was going to say, Dan, I don't have a Costco membership anymore, but that's what I would buy at Costco. Just some plain white tees. The other one that I have recently, Charlie bought it for me, or maybe it was Spencer in New York. And it's a black T-shirt just says uh, AB's something hotel, Ace Hotel, New York or something. And I like that. I like it because the kids got it for me. And I also like New York stuff. Speaking of airports, I had this other story. I've got a receipt here. I wanted to share this with you, too. All three of us like sushi. It's one of my favorite meals and going to go out. I'm going to take my neighbor uh, out for sushi tonight because he's been uh, looking after my house while I've been gone. Because Spencer's not here. He was here letting the uh, all the flood people in the day the flood happened. I was talking to him and uh, he's a great guy. So we're going out for sushi. But the most expensive sushi. I think I've almost ever had. I had it two days ago in the Cancun airport. I didn't, and I didn't really mean to. You know, it's one of the things I got. I, I didn't, because here's the thing, I didn't really notice. I got there early, so I thought, okay, I've got a few hours before my flight, and I was hungry. I didn't want anything Mexican, so I thought, I'll, find, you know, I'll have a bit of sushi. So I go in this place. It's right there in the, uh, can, it's, apparently, I didn't know this, but the Cancun airport is one of the most expensive airports in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the world? Well, because it's just nothing but tourists. Oh, right. There's, yeah. you know, it's a lot of, not a lot of local flying. So I go into this place called Sushi Tequila, and I order a bowl of wonton soup, and I order a poke bowl. You've, Freddie brought, we brought this up on the show recently. Basically, it's just a bowl of rice with a couple of cubes of salmon in it, and I had a, uh, a pair, a small, small bottle of Perrier, like a, whatever those small ones are. Yeah, mm-hmm. small. And then when the bill came, because I, I was looking at the menu and, and you know, it, I don't know. I just thought, OK, wonton soup, I'll have the soup, I'll have the little poke bowl. And the menu is in uh, wasn't in, in Spanish, but the number the the numbers were in pesos. Yeah. And I didn't really I guess I didn't really notice them. And then the bill comes and for the wonton soup, and it was a pretty good size bowl. Four hundred and eighty eight pesos. The salmon poke bowl was 398 pesos, and the, the uh, Perrier was 129 pesos for a total of, and then there was some tax on it, for a total of 1,000 pesos, or 59 American U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or... 87 wherever the fuck it was in canadian <laughs> canadian and i just when it came there i, was, I said to the guy because i said to him in spanish i'm like la cuenta which is gonna give me the bill and he gives me the bill i was like what whose bill is this <laughs> because i thought not my bill i'm not i'm not I'm, I'm looking i said can i see the menu like what what yeah the bowl of soup was almost 500 pesos which is around 
forty Canadian. What is what? the peso? What is the peso right now? Like Depending, no, it's about eight, eight or nine, eight, seven, oh, okay. eight, or yeah. I mean, it's in that zone. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a hundred pesos, you just think it's like seven or eight dollars, right? But I looked at wow. it and I was like, God, and I, I was, I thought, well, if nothing else, I'll we'll make a bit out of it. I mean, it's got to be. You, a, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was pretty good. Was the best wonton soup you ever had in your life? No, sir. Holy cow. No. Let me ask you, um, if you got up and looked at the bill and thought, oh, that's worth it, um, what, would the, what would it have been, do you think? Oh, I suit you mean. Like, what would, it, mm-hmm. what, what would I have thought it would like have... if you stood up and looked at the bill and said, oh, 40 bucks, that was a pretty yeah. good deal. But yeah, for, yeah, you think about it, because, you know, I eat this food a lot. I would have thought the soup would have been like $15 or something, and this bowl, I thought the bowl would have been more expensive. I, I, I would have thought the whole thing with the, with the drink would have been 35 or 40 bucks in an airport, plus tips, so, but it was almost 85 Canadian dollars. <laughs> uh, I, it was funny because they have, again, like, just like in Mexico, they have the guy standing out in front of the restaurant in the concourse of the airport trying to get people to go into their restaurant, and I wanted to stand there and go, no, don't do it. Look at the menu. Right. God. Um, that uh, restaurant I referred to, I think, did it salt water or salt fish? I'm sorry. You know, my brain. Yes. I had the poke bowl there. It was absolutely fantastic. Right in that little hamlet of uh, Vero Beach. You know, the beach Vero Beach, not the city Vero, Vero Beach. Yes, sir. I'm and with it was you. just loaded with tuna. Yeah. And then as a side, I had a salad. With blue cheese, and uh, Lori didn't want the blue cheese on her salad, so she got hers on the side, and I used it and Mm. doubled up on the blue cheese on the salad. It was outstanding, just in case you're interested. I am interested. Did you spend $40 on that? Uh, I don't know. Offhand. Was the food... I haven't been to Vero Beach more than a couple times. Is the food there pretty expensive? Uh... It is everywhere. Like, grocery stores are shocking in Florida, right? As I said, the equivalents. You know, a thing of blueberries, four ninety nine there. The same size here, four ninety nine Canadian. It really is something. You know, like anywhere else, you can get deals. But generally, it's so expensive. Even the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And again, equivalent. Like, nice little Italian restaurant where we were at. You know, I had, like, a... a, a you know, what's the spaghetti with the bacon? Why <laughs> <laughs> This is my favorite part of the show. Okay, you just try and describe things. Dan and I will try and guess. Carbonara. You know what you should have done? You know, you really, if you'd been, if you'd been thinking, you should have diarrheaed this. Yes. <laughs> like, I had carbonara. It was like 26 bucks. I'm telling you, any restaurant here, like a carbonara would be equivalent. Um, well, that's one thing about Playa del Carmen, which is the biggest city yeah. near me in where I stay in, in, in Port Aventures. The restaurants there... The, the regular restaurants, the non, like if you're going for like pasta or you're going for a pizza, those restaurants tend to be less expensive, but similar. Mm-hmm. That restaurant I told you about before the show that I went to uh, the week before I came home, one of my f- best Mexican meals I've ever had, Dan. And if you ever came to visit, it would be one of the places I'd take you. Uh, Juliet and I ate. A ton of food, like a lot of food, fajitas and some uh, chorizo um, with uh, this uh, certain kind of uh, uh, cheese. It was fantastic. And then guacamole with chips and the entire meal. I don't think it was 800 pesos. It might have been with tip. It was 800 pesos. So those kind of places. Yeah. So that's eight times. seven. It's 55 bucks. You know, the Dominican 
is the same. And, you know, I, I think I've told this story when I was there last year. I was very surprised at the prices in the Dominican. I mean, you know, off the resorts and everything. I'm just talking the basic restaurants. And I asked a couple of people, like, why is that? And they said, because what the people make down, they couldn't sustain those high prices. Yeah. They just couldn't. So however they do it, they do it. And everything seems to be reasonable. Same with groceries, by the way, uh, because yeah. I ate mostly non-restaurant food for the six and a half weeks I was there. I just, mm-hmm. you know, the, I mean, maybe once or twice a week, but mostly I made my own food. And that's another thing. The, the local grocery stores are really reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other point here, you know, often, uh, you know, uh, subject matter makes me think of songs and. I was just thinking about this when we were talking about the airport. Do you guys remember this CFNY throwback? It was Airport by the Motors. Do you remember that song? And Howard, I'm not not to put you on the spot, but do you remember? I, I ju- it just came into my head, and I'm thinking Airport, and I thought, what am I thinking of? And it was Airport by the Motors, and it was an old CFNY song. I remember the band, you know there's but a I don't so- the song. there's a song and everything. God, Can you sing it? it? Can you sing it? For us? Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we get the uh, the yeah, motors the to sing it for us. <laughs> I, you know what? Just by title, doesn't ring a bell with me. And I was a DJ at one time. I don't know if you remember. 1978. Is this the song? Yeah. That was 78. Man. Yeah, 1978. When you and I were still playing disco music in Moose Jaw. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, I can see this being a classic CFNY song. A little disjointed, not much of a melody. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was going to save this. Go ahead. No, and that's important. They start. Airport. Uh, okay, here we go. I'm keeping this though. This is a good. Um, I'm adding that to our like songs because uh, you know airport stories come up all the time. All the time, all the time, including this one. I was going to save this for later in the show, but we got to let Dan go in a second. So before we do. This is a story I just, as soon as I saw it, I, I thought, yeah, you know, it's so typical of guys. By the way, can I just interrupt you? For please, a, please do. This this first this first half uh, or, you know, half hour of the show. Yes, sir. You could just lift it and then uh, rebrand it for your aging with energy. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, travel show. Love that. Uh, that's exactly what it's been. So thank you, Dan. Danny, Danny, you're giving me a warm one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're giving Fred double dong fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Double dog Mexican wedding <laughs> feelings. Double dog power. Double dog power. Um, okay, so I was going to save this story because uh, as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. According to a survey, nearly half of men. <laughs> no, I like this song. This will be of no surprise to anyone. Nearly 50% of men think that given the circumstances where the pilots are incapacitated, they could land a plane. 
I saw, I'm looking at the story. I'm like, this is my dream, of course, to to be on a plane where they say, "Are there any pilots?" And I'm like, over here. Um, but it's uh, according to a survey, basically, and it was I think it was like 35 percent of women. Um, but it's it's more I, actually higher than I thought it was going to be. But 50 percent of male respondents said that they thought they could take over the controls of an airplane. So in the article. What they did is they actually asked several flight instructors who work with big airplanes if it was possible. And not to my surprise, but to maybe might be surprised that most instructors say that if the if the if the passenger could could get to the microphone, like they could figure out what button uh, got them in touch with somebody that they could actually somehow get the plane to the ground. What do you think of that? Do you think you do you think you could take over? No. Why? Wouldn't know where to begin. I mean, listen, if it's life and death, you would try. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> the biggest hurdle the biggest hurdle is actually communicating with the world to not, start with. Not, yeah, it's it's one yeah. it's one of, not the biggest, but it's one of the hurdles. Um I just think it's I funny. Would, I wouldn't know how to do that. I well, mean, sure you, you would. You get in. You'd get in there, and you'd like look around, and and there'd be like, okay, there's something. You'd look. You you especially would look for like the radio stack, right? <laughs> but the thing that I just thought, whatever about, the headphones are plugged in, exactly. Into, I, yeah, exactly. Okay. But I just thought, okay, fifty percent of men think they can land the plane. So that means like the stewardess comes on. I'm sorry. The flight attendant doesn't have to be a woman. The um, in flight, the, what do they call them? The in charge comes on and says, are the both pilots or whatever are incapacitated. Is there anyone else uh, want to try landing this plane? And there's a fucking stampede of men <laughs> just falling over themselves to get yeah. to the cockpit. You know, mm-hmm. 50% of the people, uh, most of the people on the plane are like, no, but half of the guys would be like, oh, I can do it. Sure. If you Google man lands plane after pilot dies, and the reason I did is because recently there was a story in the news just last week during our break yep. where a guy did that. But there's tons of stories yep. of this of this happening. Either the the pilot dies or the pilot gets sick. The people have taken over. And in some cases, people with no experience. But those so stories, I'll, Fred, if I jump in again, those are yeah. those are small planes. That's not a okay. that's not a triple seven Dreamliner. Right. Okay, it, it yeah. happens quite often, and, and I know the story you're talking about where somebody took over. Mm-hmm. There was a story. I think it was uh, a couple of the listeners sent it to me, mm-hmm. maybe you too, about when we were off. I think it was an Air Transat where one of the pilots was incapacitated, but there was another pilot from the company on the plane who came up to the cockpit and. Uh, continued in their in their place you know dan had to go up there he'd sit in the chair and he'd he'd think oh how good is the stereo in this thing (laughs) how good is how good is the sound quality of the stereo okay i'll land it i just want to check out the stereo that's right dan would start me up there and going uh, just before listen before you give me the instructions there's a bit of a the connection's not as good the the earphones have you ever thought about dan with dan's first words would be have you ever thought about upgrading these headphones because i think that's right that you should probably have noise canceling you know yeah you know that voice from the guy at control should be a lot clearer Mm-hmm. Yeah, why are why do I have to why do I have to hear all the other uh, people on these frequencies? I think you should have a dedicated frequency. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine though, like uh, you're on a plane and uh, 
so all of a sudden there's this bunch of guys going up to try and land the plane. I mean, you would definitely start diarrheaing. It <laughs> <laughs> would be. Oh, Everyone yeah. else would be diarrheaing for real. All right. Well, that was a lot of... Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of airport talk, and uh, now we have a new favorite airport story uh, song. Airport. Airport. Um, okay, Dan Duran's uh, news coming up. Uh, Bill Brio is uh, standing by in the next few minutes, but uh, first let's talk about uh, these people, you know. Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's yep. number yep. one group benefits plan for small business. You can get a free quote today. Yes, you can, like so many. Humble and Fred listeners have uh, done, you know, a small business. They've taken the time to check it out, and the results have been fantastic. Yes, a small business can be part of a benefits package. You know, pooling, the way they organize these things, the way it's set up, yeah. Look into it today. Your small business can have dental and uh, prescriptions and travel and therapies. Certain levels you can buy in uh, at as we say that you know the travel alone is exceptional for a benefits package it really is uh but again they've got a mental health component now too through COVID. a lot of people struggled they were right on top of that on and on and on and they've done a great job of you know controlling premiums over the past several years which is very important for small business chambers of commerce group insurance plan chamberplan.ca you know, I mentioned I had a lot of people in the house doing uh, work yesterday, and some of that work had to do with the wonder that is boron, because as I mentioned recently, uh, boron, when used as a treatment for construction materials, it's in everything, wood, plastic, bricks, pipes, wires, boron helps to protect from mold, fungus, and insects, of which I've had them all. Um, one of the things that, of course, uh, we're bringing up this company, BoronOne.com, because they support our program. And as we've come, you know, we're not trying to hide the fact that uh, we're in business with these people. And, uh, you know, we appreciate, as you, you know, Fred would tell you, we appreciate <clears throat> everyone that supports our program. What do we want you to do? Just check them out. You know, we can't make any promises. You know, you, you don't have to invest in the company, but certainly find out what the company is doing, and then maybe you will want to take a look at it. Boron1.com. Go find out what is Boron and what they are doing at Boron1.com. <sighs> yeah. All right. We, uh, we went through, we, we burned through a lot of uh, subject matter there in the first uh, 40 minutes, but uh, there's still lots to go. I want to assure people that we will be able to fill the next uh, 45 or so. Absolutely. Um, talking, you know, we were talking about that Shohei Atani yesterday. Have you seen the contract details? No, Just I have bizarre. not. He's a very trustworthy young fella. $70 million a year over the next 10 years. He's only going to make $2 million a year. They're only going to pay him $2 million a year. He's going to defer $68 million per year for the next 10 years. Now, it's some luxury tax thing they have in Major League Baseball. Apparently, it's to get around that. But I'm sorry. I'm not sure I understand. I mean, I get it, but I, I mean, what does that mean? A luxury tax, meaning that it doesn't... In, it's what I wish the NHL had. The thing is, they have like a salary cap. It's called a soft salary cap. If you go over it, you have to now pay a tax right. on it. Okay, got and it. that money goes to the lesser team. Got it. Right. Mm-hmm. So the Dodgers are right up there. Um, 
So apparently it's to get around that. But, you know, in this day and age of, uh, you know, uh, you know, climate change and global warming and Donald Trump close to being president of the United States again and Putin and all these whack jobs around the world. Would you really want to be deferring $68 million a year for the next 10 years? Like, I'd be thinking, boy, 10 years from now, are we even going to be here? But uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's the deal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get you. As far as trusting, I mean, I'm sure there's something in those contracts that the Dodgers as an organization will be paying him. If there's baseball, they'll be paying him forever. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, there, maybe that's another uh, case of overthinking. But when I heard that yesterday, I'm thinking, boy, if I had all that money, would I want to be pushing it off year after year? But that's the deal for Otani. And I don't know if the Blue Jays were offering the same thing or what. But the more we hear about this, the idea of him coming to the Blue Jays was just so far over there. You know, it wasn't really ever going to happen. He just wanted to be a Dodger and play in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the structure of the contract. And I was surprised because I could almost see the Jays doing something like that. But you think the big, bad Los Angeles Dodgers in that market, why do they need or want to do that? And what the actual answer is, it might be tied to the luxury tax or whatever. But that's the deal. You it's, know what surprises uh, me about that story, though? Yeah, what's that? Two, $2 million doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, it does seem like a lot. It's going to, let me just, mm-hmm. my caveat being, yes, I know it's an enormous amount of money. But for a guy in Los Angeles, like, you can burn through $2 million on an apartment. I know he already has money, obviously, and endorsement, Four, and endorsement money. $40 million a year in endorsements he makes, and okay. that was part of the story. Right, there you he go. He doesn't need this money, the deferral. Yeah. You know, it's tied to his endorsement potential. And last year he made like forty million. Yeah, so that answers my question. Two million in salary isn't like you'd think. You'd think he'd want more, but he doesn't need it because he's making forty on the side, which Mm -hmm. can easily pay for multiple locations in the Los Angeles basin. Yeah, I get it. Let's uh, let's get uh, Bill Brio uh, settled here. Our last uh, Brio dot TV appearance of the year. It's always great to commune with Bill Brio as he uh, takes his place in front of the Humble and Fred microphones. Billy Brio, Bumbo don't don't says connecting to audio. Mm-hmm. We still don't see him. We don't still see him. don't hear him. By the way, for you, sir, mm-hmm. I got another yeah. story from the world of sports that I want to bring up after Bill that I think is I, th- I think it's controversial. And I'll explain why I believe that. Here comes Bill. There he is. There he is. Dicking around with Bill Brio knows what he's doing. Good morning, gentlemen. What, Bill? You new to this system or something? Well, um, (laughs) it's not 8.15 yet. Well, it's 8.14.26, my friend. (laughs) See? That's my point. Um, As I was saying, we always enjoy our visits. And uh, let's uh, let's tee it up. Yeah, Brio.tv, of course, was where you find all things Bill Brio. And uh, yeah, we, I just we want to say this is your last appearance on the Humble and Fred show of uh, 2023. And as always, 
It's been uh, our pleasure to uh, have access to someone of your uh, entertainment and television acumen. I always enjoy talking to you guys, so uh, feeling is mutual. Well, Our good. pleasure is your business, right, Billy? Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, let's start with business. This first story uh, in your notes, uh, CBC, uh, more in red than Catherine Tate's hair. Uh, and I, so Catherine Tate is the head of the CBC. She's the CEO. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, what's going on? Well, uh, last week, um, CBC announced that they were going to have to eliminate 10% of their workforce, I think around 600 jobs, um, because they are 125 million or projected to be 125 million in the red, and that's uh, not good. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to cut some jobs. And she made the announcement, and then she went on the national, and Adrian Arsenal, the anchor, uh, interviewed her. And hats off to Adrian because basically she's taken her boss. Uh, you know, she really didn't. She, she did a great interview, and she basically oh. said, "Well, are you gonna? Are the executives still gonna get their bonuses this year?" Mm. And Tate stunningly hemmed and hawed and said, "Well, we haven't made a decision on that yet." I mean, the only possible answer to that is no, uh, not not while we're firing six hundred people. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm going to work for a dollar this year, and uh, that's not what she said. How doesn't that blow you away about big business corporations, be it CBC or anybody else, that you're a losing proposition and people are still being bonused? Yeah, no, it, like it's it, it's criminal, especially with the CV. It is. Yeah, you know, you're playing with our money, right? Mm-hmm. It's one point three million dollars, uh, billion B billion, billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, annually now that's split between French and English radio and television. They do provide a lot of services, uh, digital services uh, all over the country, way in the far north. Uh, their reach is broader than any other broadcaster. Nonetheless, uh, they're also got their hand out looking for money uh, from the funding agencies, just like CTV and Global and uh, Rogers. So um, you got to get your house in order, and this isn't something that just happened this year. No, I, and I, I have no that the, the idea of executives in you know getting bonuses while their companies lose money and that isn't new i mean look at the 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 crash of 2008 all those Mm -hmm. companies that were being bailed out by the u.s government goldman sachs and the like their executives still got their bonuses which is again bizarre the cbc we tend to think of it and i like what you just pointed out bill the they they do cover the country in a way that private broadcasters do not right yeah. I don't no, think if the, you look I was going to say I don't think the argument is should there be a CBC. I've always had a bit of a it's always bugged me a little bit that what you just said there at the end that they sell commercials that they have access to other mm-hmm. t- funding. I just think okay, give us a bill and then run it commercial free and you know what I mean like don't don't compete with private broadcasters. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, Howard. Like, but you know, I, I brought that up. I did a podcast interview with Barb Williams, who's the president, and she came from Global. She ran, you know, at a private business, uh, a very successful money making operation. And I said, well, you know, should you be really still in the advertising business? It's a hard market. Uh, you get the appropriation, you're, and you're taking money away from the other folks. And she's like. 
hell yes, where am I going to replace $250 million? You know, easy for you to say. I'm sorry, Barb is the president of, of CBC? She is. Yeah. Well, she Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Barb Williams. So yeah. I, know, I, know, savvy, I know Barb Williams, by the way. Yeah, like Barb's really one of the smartest people in television. And she's like, yeah, great. Sure. Let's just stop <laughs> selling ads. Where am I going to get $250 million? So a lot of people are saying, well, just get out of the making entertainment business. Just be a news service. And the problem with that is... Nobody watches news on television anymore. Exactly. You're literally going to say, just do the thing that's dead in the water. And that's not going to work either. And by the way, Barb comes from CTV. And how I know her and Dan Duran is she was our boss at the Deanie Petty Show. She was the executive producer there for years. Wow. Yeah, she she certainly was at Global for about 20 years. She's been all over. So, uh, you know, it's just it's interesting to see her grasp with a, a job that's very different it's very political you don't just uh, answer to stockholders you're answering to the government and then you've got the leader of the opposition saying soon as i get in we're pulling the plug on this thing and uh you know that talk about your feet held to the flame it's yeah. getting pretty toasty over there yeah it's uh, you have to wonder what is the future 10 years from now what will the cbc be if it even exists i've often often thought the survival of the CBC, if it just became an audio service, you know, you talk about news, like news program, foreground programming, you yeah. know, uh, Canadian cultural, just audio, like a, like a radio service that if Canadians want to be tuned into their country, just audio wise, I mean, obviously, it would cut the cost dramatically because television is so bloody expensive. And you have to wonder, what are they producing? What, like... I. I think right now more more people would probably miss the radio CBC than yes. the TV one, you know. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you know, I I love Son of a Critch uh, twenty. You know, there, there are shows that they make that uh, are really quality shows. Even things like Family Feud Canada. Okay, it's see what the copycat show, but they do a good job. But yeah, no one else did it. You know what the hell? Again, they do. And again, my brother, who is a tele, he's been a television producer with CBC his entire career, and he's listening. They do do good quality television. But we're just talking about what should they do to make money and and what's their role in Canadian, uh, the Canadian media landscape. Let's talk about some Canadian TV, though. Getty Lee. Here's a segue, Bill. Getty Lee has a I heard about this, a a documentary series that's streaming on Paramount. Uh, Describe this for people who have not heard of it. Well, it's they're all in the title. It's called Getty Lee. Our bass players human too, <laughs> and it's streaming on Paramount. Four part series, uh, and uh, you know it's basically how much uh, you love Getty Lee. He's just such a, a likable character in this uh, doc. He's himself, and he's basically going to visit uh, other bass players. Uh, it may all in the United States. Uh, now, you might help me with some of these names. Chris Novoselic. Yeah, Chris Novoselic of Nirvana, yeah. Who was, uh, I, I think he also, Chris, he, he also played bass, I believe, in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm not 100%. I think you're right. You know, so Metallica's uh, Robert Trujillo, uh, Melissa Ulftamar from Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Les Claypool from Primus. And it's just fun watching these guys because he's, his, you know, <laughs> Kenny Lee's point is they're all a bunch of nerds. You know, yeah. they all have cool. hobbies like pottery or, uh, you know, like clearing land with heavy machinery. Uh, and he goes flying with one of them. He's 
He goes to another guy's place, um, Novoselic. Uh, you know, he uh, helps rebuild an old church. Um, it, it, it's it's just kind of cool, uh, and it's like you know, it's like all these shows now where people walk around and they're rebuilding a house, so they're looking for antiques. But it's just it's Getty Lee. You know, the thing about Getty Lee. You know, Rush and Getty Lee uh, held in such high regard by other musicians, mm-hmm. other rock bands throughout the world. Forget Americans. Yeah, he's, no. He's royalty, really, to those people. Yeah, you see the respect they have mm-hmm. for him. Like, uh, the one guy's helping him out of some overalls. He goes, I never thought I'd be helping Getty Lee out of overalls. <laughs> um, I'd seen the uh, adverts for this uh, and am interested as a uh, fan of the genre. Uh, Kevin Hart and Chris Rock, headliners only. It's a uh, documentary on uh, Netflix. It's released today. And... Um, can you explain, uh, is, it, is it them doing stand-up or them just talking about stand-up? Well, that's why I put it on the list, Howard. I knew you'd be interested, uh, but also it's not just them doing stand-up. It's literally behind the scenes with these guys. It's a look at their friendship, and uh, it's more of a documentary about their careers. They've known each other for, I don't know, 20-odd years, longer, I think. And, uh, you know, you've got people weighing in, Wanda Sykes, Dave LaChapelle, um, Tiffany Haddish, Jerry Seinfeld, Bill, Bill Burr. So it's, it's very cool if you're a fan of comedy mm-hmm. to see, have a peek, to be a fly on the wall uh, as these two guys do a do a show and prepare for that. I so just it, it, I, I saw the trailer, I think maybe even last night, Bill. Uh, but it's at one point, there's uh, Kevin Hart who says the very first big comedy celebrity he ever met was chris rock and then they become friends and apparently what they did fred sometime i guess last year when they were shooting this is they took over the this um not maple leaf gardens uh madison square gardens mm-hmm. they took it over for four nights and the two of them did a show together four nights in a row or whatever uh selling out to madison square Gardens. so i guess that's i guess there is some stand-up as part of it right yeah, but it's sort of like, you know, if you're a fan of music and you went to see uh, Billy Joel and Elton John, yes. like it's two headliners for the price of one. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's pretty good value if you're in the audience. Wow. And the next thing you have here, I'll be in front of the television or I will be recording it. Definitely. Dick Van Dyke, 98 years of magic. That's on <laughs> CBS Thursday night. I'm sorry, but I this really uh, Thursday, this, December 21st. Yeah, right, a, a week, from, a week Thursday. from Thursday. Right, so yeah. yeah, that will that will spin my propeller. Yeah, no, it, it's a, it, he's amazing. He really is. He, he is like it's a two hour special salute to him. Um, here's Dick Van Dyke. He's ninety eight. Uh, this year he was uh, acting on a soap opera just in September. I think mm-hmm. Days of Our Lives. He was on The Masked Singer about a year ago. He they took off the head. It was him under there singing. Uh, you know, he's 98. You should be charged with abuse for doing that. I mean, it was, <laughs> yeah. hell, Grandpa, right? get out there and earn some mm-hmm. money. Right. Uh, like he's a voice on The Simpsons. He's still working. And uh, uh, God bless him. Uh, you know, he's just 
such a warm, wonderful, I mean, just for the Dick Van Dyke show alone, but uh, Mary Poppins, Bye Bye Birdie. So, well, yeah, a lot of people will be saluting him on this special, and I'll be watching too, Fred, for sure. Yeah, I always loved the guy, and I love the Dick Van Dyke show, but watching my grandchildren, one of their favorite movies is Chitty yeah. Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, of course. And watching them watch that and what Dick Van Dyke sort of meant to me through the years and to think he's still alive on top of it all is yeah. it's amazing. Well, I can't remember if it was. I think it was last time Bill was here. I was talking about the Mary Tyler Moore yeah. documentary yeah. that I saw, Fred. Yeah. That I, I, still I haven't seen. But you honestly, if you, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to watch it because I, I still, you know, for me, Dick Van Dyke was less about the uh, Dick Van Dyke show, although I, I've seen it, obviously, in retrospect, but more about um, the guy in Mary Poppins, the chimney sweep. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the, and the fact that you're like he's still able to get up and what is what is the term for being able to get up and you know move around uh, at his age and still wants to mobile you know, mobile they, yes mobile. <laughs> that's right that's yes. the word. he's ambulatory whatever that word he is, is. exactly um, it is pretty fascinating but I loved that's one of my favorite parts of the Mary Tyler Moore documentaries him and her interacting and how they got I, together. I, I was at a press conference 20 years ago in L.A. with TV critics, and it was for the gin game, and it was Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore were reuniting to do a version of this for PBS. And, you know, I'm big. I have 20, uh, 50 episodes of the Dick Van Dyke show on 16 millimeter film. That's how much of a Van Dyke show nerd I am. Anyway, I'm standing in the lobby waiting, and there's Van Dyke and Moore, and they meet for the first time in years. And they hadn't seen each other. One lives in New York, one in L.A., Van Dyke walks up to her and starts dancing with her, mm, and they start yeah. singing together in harmony. And I just thought, well, this is it for a TV writer. Um, okay, uh, where here's my card. Take it back. Thank you, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Right. You know, I just uh, you know. And then at the press conference, they admitted that they it was a funny press conference that they actually really had more of a connection it always looked like rob and laura petrie were really into each other well right. these guys were but more just blurts i never understood why we never had an affair you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> which was pretty funny you know for kids growing up in southern ontario part of the the attachment we have to the dick van dyke show is like when we were kids you know if you were off school you know you played sick or whatever there was i love lucy in the morning there was the dick van dyke show yeah cbs out of buffalo would run all those shows in the morning Hmm. and it was just such a part of my life and i think anybody in southern ontario the dick van dyke show all the reruns (laughs) they were reruns 50 or 40 years ago uh it's just crazy fred like they actually had to rename it the dick van dyke show daytime version when you saw it in the day as i did grew up watching it that way yeah. uh even like bonanza had to change their name to ponderosa yes. yeah showed it why is that today well they, they thought i don't know if there was a legal reason but they, they seemed to think that that was a marketing reason they had to change the name if it was still on the air at night hey speaking um, of ponderosa and or bonanza you know that bizarre program with the uh, Lauren Green and his sons and Michael uh, uh, Langdon, Langdon all living on the on the Ponderosa there. 
What, and, the gay family? I mean, <laughs> no, no, just the fact that no. there was some, he had a, he, what's the, uh, there's a joke from some other comic, he had like three sons from like five different wives, they all look different. <laughs> one, one of my favorite jokes about the Ponderosa is like his eldest son was actually older than him, <laughs> Pernell Roberts. Um, anyway, uh, my brother sent me a note this morning, CBC television producers, I see Bill is on the show. Bill's latest podcast talks about his connection to Lauren Green. Your connection to Lauren Green? Well, no, actually, the, the podcast episode I just is, is currently this week's episode is with a, a, a guy by the name of Andrew Clyde, and he is the general manager or the executive producer of uh, uh, an amazing uh, DVD set, the Complete Bonanza series, and it's 431 episodes. It's all uh, remastered from the original camera negatives, so you, you won't see a better dvd box set and it's mm-hmm. crammed with extras including a lot of stuff about lauren green that came from the cbc uh doctor telescope did a profile of him in the 60s and on and on and on it just the the extras are amazing one of them is me talking to michael landon from an interview uh in 1991 that this andrew clyde who spent 15 years putting this thing together found out that i did this and it's an extra on this dvd set so wow. Wow. it's the complete uh, deep dive into a show that in the 60s that more people watched around the world mm-hmm. than any other tv show it was very very popular but you talk about stuff that doesn't age well from a political uh, correctness standpoint. Yes. Hop oh, is this going to fly today? Just going to say that. <laughs> and of course, the Hop they had, would not fly. All today. these men living alone with a an Asian character named Hop yeah. Singh. Yes. Well, the thing is, though, now you can see Hop Singh in high definition 5K. <laughs> That's so right. It's, it's a much more defined racist. A footnote to a series. Well, there's another footnote as well. My brother pointed this out. I think I'd heard this story about my father. Um, maybe you don't know or you've heard me talk about My dad went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City. Oh. Uh, after World War II, the Canadian government allowed uh, the veterans to go. To, they paid for the guys coming home from uh, the war. They paid for their schooling. And my father had wanted to go to this American Academy, a famous acting school. And came to Toronto, according to my brother, and met with Lauren Green and uh, to talk about attending or giving a recommendation to go to the American Academy, a story I did not know. Yeah, no, he had this famous broad, the Lauren Green School of Broadcasting. Everybody graduated from it. He came out of Toronto and... Uh, he was the voice of doom on radio in Canada oh, during yeah. World War Two. You know when things were going very bad at the beginning. It was Lauren Green's deep baritone that brought yeah. you that news. So he really wasn't an actor, and he his story of stumbling into Bonanza is part of uh, this DVD set. Also, That's the guy wild. who was going to play Little Joe was going to be Robert Blake. Mm. Who's going to be future wife? Uh, by the way, this, Bill, this will this <laughs> future wife. <laughs> this yeah. will come as no surprise to you, but Fred and I did not graduate from uh, the no. Lauren Green oh. School of Broadcasting. Um, on that note, you know we're talking, and we've talked about this many times over the past uh, few years. You know, you talk about the Lauren Green School of Broadcasting and what's happening to the CBC and having a lot of broadcasting outlets. They're still taking money off kids to go to broadcasting schools. That's mm-hmm. got to that's yeah. got to be uncomfortable, man. 
It does. I so told gotta, my kids that if they went to journalism school, I wouldn't pay for it. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fred and I tried to open a broadcasting school. We did a few years ago. We thought we'd open a, like a podcasting <laughs> consultant school. And zero, zero people signed up. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of uh, old television like the Dick Van Dyke show, yes. uh, our friend Bill here is uh, showing movies at the Westdale Cinema in Hamilton. Tell us about your... Uh, your big uh, party on the twenty on on the twentieth at yes. one, you know we should get Bill at our party because he's going to be in the neighborhood. You're going to no, be absolutely. in Burlington the same day, aren't you? Right, yes. we're going to be there at eleven at, at Kelsey's. You could just drop by to say your place, hi. Then we'll all head over to the Westdale. Yeah, uh, well, 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 part of that's true. You'll come to our place, and then we'll never see you until the new year. <laughs> although, although I don't know, Howard. Reading this, I, I, it's a, yeah. Anyway, explain it, Bill. Okay, well, I show 16-millimeter movies right in the theater. So we tried a few of these in September, October with fall preview reels. But these are Christmas episodes of the Dick Van Dyke Show we were talking about earlier. Their 1963 Christmas episode exactly 60 years ago. And uh, it's a fun one. And there's the original Kent cigarette ads with mm. Dick Van Dyke in that. Wow. Uh, and then uh, a Bewitched episode, Christmas episode, with Billy Moomy from Lost in Space as a bratty kid that the Stevens adopt for a day. Uh, and uh, other things, too. And then we have great prizes. We do trivia questions. Uh, we've got a Paramount Plus. Yeah, well, are, are your prizes smokes? Do you hand out smokes for the... <laughs> <laughs> do you hand out I, some yeah, old smokes? Yeah, no, uh, that'd be a good idea. But uh, no, we got Paramount Plus subscriptions. We got uh, a leg lamp from Retro Festa. We got some cool stuff you could answer just if you know, you know, uh, Richie's middle name on the Dick Van Dyke show or something like that. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great time. If you have time, drop by our our thing. I know that uh, it'll be a busy day for you, but uh, you're always welcome to uh, hang with us anytime you want to. Bill Brio, TV Feeds My Family, Brio.TV, the podcast. And um, yeah, man. Well, we'd, I, lo- I, we'd love to see you that day. Come and get some wing sauce in your beard. Come on. I will uh, absolutely make, make an effort to try and do that. Uh, when I did the other shows at the Westdale, there were folks there who heard about it from Humble and Fred. So, uh, you know, just shows. Your show has yeah. weight, my friends. Hey, you know, maybe Power. we should draw by the Westdale as well, and you can bring us on stage, and we can sign up people for our podcasting school. There you go. <laughs> All right. Three birds with one stone. Exactly. Bill Briel, it's great to talk to you, my friend. You too, guys. Take care. Thanks, Billy. See you, Fred. We um, have to take care of some business here, Fred. We're getting behind, so why don't you uh, lead the way as always? Uh, the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. He will be by tomorrow, and it will be gripping because I think we'll talk about the last 10 mistakes that investors make. It's been fun over the past couple of weeks following along with uh, Tim as he uh, outlines the mistakes you make because, you know, mistakes affect your future. That's all mm-hmm. there is to it. Yeah. He's the retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. Just uh, hang on a second here. Here we go. Did you know that Kelsey's the home of our Christmas party? Or whatever we're calling a holiday party. And uh, you still have a couple days to enter. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com and just put Kelsey's in the subject line. For this particular read, I'm just going to leave it at that because I, as I mentioned yesterday, we send these to Kelsey's and I can't have 
you know, something untoward in the uh, audio frame? No. Let's just talk about what Kelsey's has been doing since 1978. I'll tell you what they've been doing. They've been winging it. Uh, You mentioned uh, chicken wings a second ago. Mm -hmm. Half price wings every Thursday. I know it's Tuesday, but if you're making some plans for Thursday, how about half price wings and you can wash them down with a $6 $6 Coors. Grab your buds, head to Kelsey's this wing night. Celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. The offer is valid with the purchase of a beverage. Must be of legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly. And don't forget, you can also watch the game there whenever the game is being played. And enter for your chance to win original six hockey tickets. All you got to do is visit a roadhouse, watch a game, get a ticket, enter to win, and uh, go check it out. Kelsey's.ca for more details. There's a bunch of things I want you to watch. One of them, for sure, though, is that Mary Tyler Moore documentary. Because I, I, as I said to you after I got off, because I watched it on my way. Now I remember I watched it October 31st on my way down to Mexico on the plane, and then started talking to you about it. I think you just would so enjoy it. No, I will. It's on my list. Where is that list? Uh, by the way, it's over there. <laughs> it's on that okay. table over there. You hear what Bill said, though? Bill said, we said, uh, you should draw by our Christmas thing. And he said, yeah, I definitely will make an effort to attempt to come. It was like one of those sort of nebulous political things. Like, I'm definitely going to try and think about arranging to make myself available. Well, same day, his thing's at 1 o'clock. Ours is at 11. You know, his setup, it might be tight for him to do that. But, But wouldn't you know, his thing is on the same day as our thing. How convenient. How convenient. Oh, all right. Shall we? I have this story. Well, this is. You, you know said what? You had a sports. Story? I do have a sports story. I was going to say. Well, forget. It. I was going to wait for Dan, but there's no point. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have heard of any of this. So the name, Shy Gilligas Alexander. You know who that is. He was voted Canada's top athlete of the year. He was. Yeah, he is a basketball player. Huh? Shy Gilligas Alexander wins Northern Star Award as as Canada's uh, Athlete of the Year. He plays for the NBA. um, I think he's a Cavalier. I'm not sure exactly. The team doesn't. Okay. Never heard of him. Yeah. He uh, last year finished fourth in NBA scoring. Um, Wow. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Is that an NBA team? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. So there it is. He... um, Placed fifth in MVP balloting, but his big uh, achievement uh, may have come in the summer of the Basketball World Cup in Asia, where he powered Canada to its first Olympic men's basketball berth since Steve Nash did the same thing back in 2000. All very, very achievable. I mean, great achievements, I should say. But I'm surprised you didn't know who he was because I didn't. And I, you know, I, I just thought, OK, I'll, I'll say his name, which, by the way, is mm-hmm. a great name. Shy Gilligas Alexander. And taking nothing away from him. But I'm surprised that he's the athlete of the year. And I'm going to tell you why. Why? You think there's somebody more worthy? Well, 
I think there's a more worthy achievement than what I just listed by him. For the first time in a half century, a Canadian golfer won the Canadian Open. Wouldn't that give you Athlete of the Year honors? I think, Howard, the problem there is athlete. Um, and, I, and, and this isn't me. I would, I would just think they would look at a basket. Those achievements by a basketball player, as far as the word athlete goes, would supersede a guy winning one golf tournament. Well, here are the, here are the people he beat out in the balloting. Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. hammer thrower Cameron Rogers, and swimmer mm-hmm. Summer McIntosh. And I, I mean, I, I don't really believe what you're saying because you, you can. You, you, I don't think the argument is golf uh, a, an athletic endeavor. I just thought it was based on achievement. Yeah, but an eighty, you know, finishing fourth in NBA scoring over an eighty-two game schedule. Again, when they breaking down the criteria and they have to make a decision, I'm just saying that would probably trump a Canadian guy winning one tournament. Well, let me check something, because I think Brooke Henderson um, won uh, Athlete of the Year. I'm not, I'm yeah, not, she won several. Didn't she win several tournaments that year? Um, Henderson was named Canadian Press Female Athlete of the Year in 2015, 2017 and 2018. So, again, this is a different body of uh this isn't the canadian press or or maybe it is i don't know maybe it is remember too sometimes it's timing it's just you may have a great achievement but it just happens to come in a year where somebody else had a greater achievement you know those years that brooke won maybe there wasn't you know a guy like this guy who had made this and listen i'm not I'm not defending that choice. I'm just trying to explain it out and what maybe how they arrive at that. Yeah, I, and, I, and I, yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying, and you probably make a good point or two in it. For me, though, I would think, and then I think I remember thinking, well, there's your athlete of the year in Canada because it's, it's by arguably one of the greatest achievements in a half century by a Canadian athlete. Forget whether golf's athletic or not. Um, yeah, but the, and again, don't get me wrong when I say that. It's just you've got so it's down to who was the guy again, the golfer? I forget. Nick Taylor. Did you Nick Taylor? So you have Nick Taylor and you have this basketball player, and it's not so much that not to take any way anything away from the athleticism of golf, which it includes, obviously. It's just when you're making those final thing, it's just a grueling eighty two game schedule and then, you know, this guy, yeah, he won that tournament. Let's look at the rest of his body of work for the year. I, I think the, basically that's what it comes down to. Did Mike Weir win in 2003? Uh, I don't know. Pro, I mean, let me, I can, let me see. Like, I, let, me, let me find that out. I'll just go, yeah, Mike. research that, would you? I'm, I'm researching. I'm researching. You Mike should know Weir. whenever we research things, we do not use Google. We use our <laughs> research. Department. We go to the library. Right now, I'm going to the library. Library. Yeah. My athlete, athletes. <laughs> Of the year, yes, Mike Weir. Mike Weir. Mike Weir. Where is it? It doesn't. Athlete of the year. Athlete of the year. I can't confirm this. He did win the Sill Apps Award. Okay, no, here it is. He's a great hockey player. No, it says Mike Weir for his outstanding play. Weir won the Lou Marsh Trophy. For outstanding yeah. Canadian athlete of the year. Yeah, it was called the Lou Marsh back then. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh huh. 
And uh, I, and I, you know, fucking Mike here is like I did mention it. I mentioned that it was the formerly the Lou Marsh Award, and then Mike saying Toronto Mike, our producer, saying they found out Lou Marsh was a bit of a racist, so it got a new name. Oh fuck! Okay. Um. So we're won it for winning the Masters. Mm-hmm. Brooke has won it three times. By the way, just so people, this young female golfer has won more professional golf tournaments than any male or female Canadian golfer ever. And this kid's unbelievable. And she's such a nice kid, too. Oh, without a doubt. Just a sweet, sweet kid. And uh, Mm -hmm. but so all I'm saying, whether it's the Lou Marsh Award, racist, or the whatever they call it now, the Canadian, the Northern Star Award. I mentioned Shy Gilligas Alexander taking nothing away from Shy. Mm-hmm. And again, Gilligas Alexander, great name. I just would, uh, I was surprised when I saw that. I really was. I thought, you know, that's a pretty big achievement. I would think, in fact, as a golf prognosticator, that winning the Canadian Open. I'm going to say this might be even more of an achievement, a Canadian winning it, by the way, folks, for the first time since the 1950s, mm-hmm. than Mike, we're winning the masters. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and nowadays the thinking that goes into these things, I don't know how much political correctness, if, uh, you know, uh, a visible minority hasn't won it in a few years. So let's go there. Honestly, I mean, these things are all taken into consideration now. So I, you know, and it just leaves itself open often to second guessing, unless it's a hockey player, because most dunderhead Canadians, of course he's going to win it, right? I wonder what the order was, because it says here in the story, he beat out Oiler uh, superstar Connor McDavid, golfer and Canadian Open champion Nick Taylor, and then the hammer thrower. (laughs) Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, again, taking nothing away from hammer throwing. Speaking of hammer throwing, hey, Dan, how are you? (laughs) <laughs> hey, you see that? Oh, yes, yeah. See what I wow. did there? Yeah, Speaking of throwing the hammer. Mm. <laughs> do you do you have a nickname for it? Do you call it Thor's hammer? What do you do? What do you? By the way, Dan, how is your hammer these days? <laughs> you know, you I was thinking. You guys name your hammers, really? Wait, I was thinking about. about I was thinking person. about our wedding. I'm thinking about our double wedding in <laughs> Mexico. Wedding, yeah. A double yeah. dong wedding. I was. I actually thought this yesterday <laughs> that we could dress up your hammer in a little tuxedo, and it could be both our. <laughs> it could be our best or our ring bearer. Our ring. Yeah. Well, no, we, no, it's too big for a ring. But yeah, like. Oh could, yeah, yeah. But yes, it could be yeah. like Christ. part of the wedding party. You would need me for the ring thing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's all we need. You walking down the aisle with a fucking couple <laughs> rings on your dink. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I Watch lo- it, Fred. They're going to slide off. <sighs> Watch it, Fred. They're going to slide. Yeah, but we might be able to you know, like tie it around dance things, uh, some kind of uh, apparatus. Oh, yeah. Nice little ribbon. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, Dan, uh, how are you? Good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Have you talked great. to Lisa about our double Mexican wedding? Uh-huh. You did talk I to her, man. Yeah, and what did well, she think? I'm sure she loved the idea. Yeah, she's uh, she's yeah. all for it. Yeah, sure. In the interest of moving the uh, subject for, yeah, she's uh, never gonna. You know, I think we're both in the same spot that is that's never gonna happen again. 
That is getting oh, married, right? Oh, oh I, I, I thought. I right. see. I see. Here's what I thought. I thought we what were doing a comedy program, and that oh. the actual <laughs> facts mean nothing. They don't matter. They don't okay, matter. So let me, me tell you what. When you're here tomorrow like night, yes, Lisa's already looking for yeah, looking dress. for outfits. She yeah. uh, wants to I, talk to Julietta about what their you know colors yeah. will be, so they don't dream clash. Shower, you know what shower present she's going to get. You know what yeah. I should have done? I should have taken that humble and Fred podcast. You should have. And I would have, this would have been, but totally. you, know, you know, you're going to be here tomorrow night for the first time uh, since the spring. And I will, I will take you through just the, how abs- <laughs> the absurdity of the program and how it has nothing to do with, with facts, reality, yeah. with reality. Yeah. Okay. All right. Believe Sorry. I, I somehow thought you wanted did you Did you buy some of Fred's, it, did you buy some of Fred's big color when you were down in the States last time? That's right. <laughs> right. You know, you know, a basic rule our broadcasting or our podcasting school is if you don't have a good ending, make the fucker up. That's okay. right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this will come as no surprise to some of our listeners that not everything we say on the show is actually, you know, it's true. <laughs> some of it is just made up nonsense. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, well, you know what, Dan, it's been a while. We'll brush you up tomorrow night. We'll get you all Thank set you. for. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good times tomorrow. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So I'm tomorrow gonna, when hey. we ask about the double dong wedding, we, you're just going to go with it. Go, yeah, right. hey, Dan. Okay. I'm going to make Let's you. By the way, Daniel, I'm making you uh, some beautiful chicken soup for dinner tomorrow night, along with oh. a. I'm going to go get some nice bread and uh, maybe just a little salad. But that's going to be a nice old guy meal for a right. warm, for a cool winter's eve. Oh, chicken great. soup for the big hammer soul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gonna throw, ah, gonna right. throw a couple of wontons in there and charge me Expensive forty bucks. Wonton. No, that'll be great. Dan can put out a cookbook with just his dick doing the fucking recipes, <laughs> dressed up in a chef's hat, <laughs> chicken soup for the giant dong soul. Fuck, that's funny. See, Dan, what Fred just did there. Yeah, and how much joy it brought us. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, that, that, that was that chapter three or the oh, uh, lesson fuck. three of the course. No, you know, <laughs> it's just two. Dan's hammer. Where's Dan? Oh, he's in the other room. But <laughs> I'm surprised your hammer doesn't have a fucking Instagram account. <laughs> Danny's dong recipes with Danny's dong. Oh my goodness! Well, isn't this been a lot of fun? <clears throat> All we have to do yeah. Dan's news. Oh right, yeah. And uh, let's see, Kelsey's. Have you you got Bodog left, right? Yes, I do. I tell Some you what, good Dan, news. Frederick will be included with that. Okay, yes. well, before we get to the good news that you have, let's listen to this. When the puck drops, it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Check out the latest sports odds and get free tips to help you score this hockey season. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag Make a Play. And uh, what do you have to say, uh, Frederick, about the Bodog? Well, what I have to say is yesterday when I was uh, doing the uh, Bodog spot, you know, it was a 13-and-a-half-point pick, uh, the Dolphins over the Titans. Mm. We just assumed the Dolphins would win and extend their record to, what, 10-and-3 uh, or whatever and uh, be another game up on the Buffalo Bills or, you know, maintain their lead. Well, you never know a sport, do you? You never know. The Titans upset the Dolphins last night. I believe the score was 28-27, which allowed the Bills to pull a game within uh, them. Uh, and, for the uh, wild card, so, actually. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, listen, the Dolphins are still two games ahead, but look at the final four games of the season. There is a path, even to the division title. 
for the uh, Bills when you look at the Dolphins' schedule, look at the Bills' schedule, and the fact that they meet on the last uh, game of the season. So there you go. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Dan Duran's news today brought to you by the Electric Vehicle Network. All electrical vehicles, electrical, all electric vehicles for available for you to rent. Visit rentelectric.ca and download the app. You can uh, get a Tesla if you want. I was there yesterday. I got Teslas. Right now I'm driving a Nissan Leaf, and I'm going to tell you, for a city car, this thing is fantastic. And and it has that uh, EV uh, acceleration. So they've got those, they've got Teslas, they've got all kinds of stuff for hourly and daily rentals available. And uh, you can give them a call at 1-800-387-9391. Use the uh, promo code HUMBLEEV and get $40 off your first rental. Um, that's right, rentelectric.ca. And it's located conveniently in the Etobicoke area, 427 in Dundas. Actually, it's about uh, 10 minutes here uh, from the Humble and Fred Studios. So, you know, Dan Duran, if you wanted to do, if you really wanted to do good for the planet, you know, you could get yeah. yourself into an electric vehicle eventually. I will you know? do that. Okay. It's, it's on my list of things I want to do before I die. One a of, car that's electric. Yes. Um, <laughs> you could, uh, you know, plug it into the end of your wiener and uh, charge it up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, is that too stupid even for you, Fred? Is that too much? You're like, okay, I'm now you're sitting here trying to okay. think how that would work. Complete the circuit. So exactly. The there you go. go the his his car, hammer is so car, impressive; yeah. it generates a lim- uh, it generates electricity. Oh, it's a sixty. But then watt. again, it's yeah. like a big windmill, right? <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a sixty amp uh, service. <laughs> Stick it out the hey, window. Um, th- That's right. This is going to be while traveling. Yeah. Yes, yeah, charge it up. This is going to be exciting next uh, Wednesday. When we do our program at Kelsey's, we're going to hear this song performed live. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the matrimonial home Live from Dan and Lisa's house Where it's starting to look a lot like Christmas That made-up holiday that Dan loves so much here he is. Dear to my heart. Yeah, here he is, ladies and gentlemen, movie anchor Dan Duran. All of the of the year stuff is diarying out to the world right now. <laughs> and word of the year, you may have heard that Merriam-Webster picked authentic as the word. Authentic. Authentic. Interesting. Next year, it's, by the way, next false. year is going to be diarying. <laughs> it's got to be. We got to make gotta that uh, trend. Yes. Uh, Oxford chose the term riz. It's a slang word that means um, riz. Is that slang? Riz. What is that slang for? I was going to say I was going to say something rude, but what? Is, what is it for real? It's riz. R I Z. No, what's it slang for though? Uh, it means style, charm, or attractiveness. Oh, you have riz. Mm. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That's like I thought that was what Jesus did on Easter. He riz. 
<laughs> Riz from the dead. He yeah. Riz from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but here's uh, Pantone's color of the year for 2024. It's Pantone 13-1023, which is... A shade of what? It has... It's the name is Peach Fuzz. Really? Peach Fuzz is the color of the year for Pantone for 2024. And what what is that? Like obviously, it's a peach color, but like a light peach, a darker peach. Yeah, it's like a it's peach a lighter fuzz. peach, like oh, fuzz okay. of a peach, kind oh, of right. uh, you know fuzz. And Excuse my ignorance. Is is it the color of a of a peach? Like pretty close, yeah. I guess. Well, that's the yeah. the origin of the fuzz part is the peach variants. Yeah. Fuzz, yeah. Or if you'd like, thirteen dash ten twenty three captures our desire to nurture ourselves and others. It's a velvety, gentle peach tone whose all embracing spirit riches or enriches mind, body, and soul. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work for one thing. It is. In fact, there's more if if you want to play some, uh, you know, some word. <laughs> what do you need? Some elevator music. Okay. There's a word salad that the uh, executive director of Pantone Color Institute came out with. Okay, hang on a second. Here you go. In seeking a hue that echoes our innate yearning for closeness and connection, we chose a color radiant with warmth and modern elegance. A shade that resonates with compassion, offers a tactile embrace, and effortlessly bridges the youthful within the timeless. Hmm. That's peach fuzz. That's peach fuzz. It's a lot of work going on there. Or Pantone 13-1023. Cool. That's very well reported, Dan Duran. Mm, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm so on top of the colors. Hey, if you really want to know all the paint colors, too, uh, Martha Stewart's got um, there her website. There's a whole list of all the the, uh, the colors that the paint companies have come out with for next year. And it's not peach fuzz. Most of them are blues and uh, uh, blues and sort of uh, charcoals and stuff. And that world is what they're predicting. Okay, the, uh, um, Dan, do you mind if I change the subject because I uh, no, we'll go I right do ahead. have a, What do you got? Some other <laughs> no, news? no, not. Do you have any other news? Because I had a question for you too. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. I you know. Have you exhausted the um, information? Ten twenty three dash. Yeah. Now, well, you yeah. know what. <laughs> <laughs> We can move on. No, I, I mean, if you if there's you had more, another news story, Dan. Well, I was just going to touch on the fact that Jack Smith is taking uh, yes. Donald's well, claim to there the Supreme go. Court. He's doing and, what? Uh, he's taking uh, the, the claim that uh, you know he's immune to all prosecution or whatever. He's you know absolute immunity. That whole thing. Uh, Jack Smith took it directly to the Supreme Court. And what are they and, saying? Uh, well, they just uh, and they you know jumped right on it and said, yeah, okay. Like within a day, they all kind of agree that you know they, they, they will hear it. it. And what this will do, it's sort of an end around by Jack Smith. It will expedite the the um, the trial and probably make it happen on March fourth because it will eliminate a level of um, appeal consideration yeah. appeal yeah. and yeah. consideration. So it's encouraging. Get that big fat useless orange piece of shit in jail quicker than. Uh, but you We're never hoping. know with that panel of uh, really, you know, conservative. Uh, so yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, they may just decide to hold the whole damn thing up forever. I mean, you know, yeah. they, could, they could act yeah. on it quickly, or just you know, ah, to do, to do. We'll decide on this later. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we really haven't talked about Trump much. Uh, I know we've only been back a couple of days, but you know, we've kind of eased off of Trump because we had the uh, and still going on. And you know, there's still 
couple hundred, uh, you know, kids, children, babies, grandmothers being held hostage by the, you know, Hamas, who aren't a terrorist group. They're a a youth organization. Um, But there's another story in the States. You guys may have seen this. A woman who, speaking of the Supreme Court of Texas, was denied an emergency abortion. Apparently, this woman had um, some kind of health risk to her. She has yes. a, I think it's a, what do they call that when the, the baby's it's like going to be born, you know, dead? Stillborn. Thank you. Stillborn. Well, it's not stillborn. It's a, 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 a not a viable pregnancy. It's not going to work out. After, well, that's it. it yeah. the, the chances are very, very likely that it would end in a stillbirth. But between now and then, it can do a lot to her. So yes. to sort of save her life and future health because the baby's pretty much not part of the picture. So these fucking Americans, it took a week, but they ended up denying her an abortion because they because they love fucking Jesus. No offense, because they love Christians, they 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 would say, okay, they she had to leave the state to get an abortion. Now, yeah, if you don't think that's fucked up. Oh, it's it's horrific. When you read, and who is the governor? Is his name Paxton or something? Uh, yeah, something like that. So, where is it? And he kept saying, it doesn't meet the criteria. It doesn't meet the criteria. No, she can't have an abortion. Easy for him to say. Yeah, a man. The asshole. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name Kate Cox. Kate Cox is her name. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, she couldn't get an abortion in Texas because, you know, they would rather, you know, they don't do that because they love Jesus. Ken Paxton is the Texas Attorney General, but he, uh, he's also been... Okay, uh, he was the guy. He's a right. shady character. Yeah, yeah and, that, and by the it way... It was up to him. It was up to him. Texas right. already doesn't have an exemption. Check this out. Mm-hmm. Nothing winds us up like America. <laughs> Check this out. Texas already doesn't have an exemption for rape or incest. Mm-hmm. The fuck oh, is they wrong? were all yeah. When the Roe versus Wade was overturned, they were all over it. They moved quickly. That state. Yeah, you know what? It's funny what all these people. <laughs> it just all the people you hear about it all the time, like Joe Rogan, that imbecile. Sorry, I think he's a fucking moron. Yeah. Well, by the way, he's, uh, he's he went on an anti Canada rant last week. Apparently. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Oh, gee, yeah. So you know why? You know why Joe Rogan moved from California to Texas? Freedom, freedom like this, Howard. Yeah. That we're talking about today. So just think about it. He left California because Texas is a much freer state. Oh, he's so free. <laughs> like, I got no time for that guy. Uh, well, go look no. up the thing he went on a anti-Trudeau, anti-Canada rant. I, I think, who told me, you know, yeah, he's America's smart guy for dumb people. That That's Joe Rogan. Yeah, exactly. Um, she, this woman had been to the ER numerous mm-hmm. times. So basically what they've ruled mm-hmm. now is rape, incest, or life-threatening mm-hmm. the woman. And, and we've had this discussion so many times, but how anybody can have a conversation about what a woman has a right to do with what's inside of her. Mm-hmm. You know, I know this isn't a good analogy, but like there's no man on earth that would ever have a conver- entertain a conversation 
whether they wanted to have a an emergency surgery for something inside of them and being they wouldn't even have the conversation whoever the fucking uh, attorney general is if he needed yeah. his if he needed his kidney removed he wouldn't have to go to the supreme court i know it's not the same dan i know that i said that it's not a great analogy i'm just saying that uh you know they're basically they're basically you know terminating a, a citizen's right to protect their own life Mm-hmm. I would love to know how many of these good old boys that are so anti-abortion have paid for one. And I bet it's staggering. Oh, yeah. And I bet you if you peeled the young onion on this Ken Paxton guy, it would give you the shivers. It's it's so creepy. You remember that uh, conversation uh, John Stewart had with that Republican guy last year? It was very interesting about yeah. gun deaths and the Second yeah. Amendment. Mm-hmm. Had him squirming in his seat. Guns are now the leading cause of death for U.S. kids. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Anyway, Dan, way to uh, way to get us going. That's what we like at the end of the show. We get, you know what? Sometimes at the end of the show, we need a shot of energy. And you supplied it. I have My to. pleasure. Uh, well, I, I appreciate that. I'll see what we're going to do for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's somebody's comment. A lot of Christians want to act like this is because of politics, because they can't bring themselves to accept it's really because of religion. And that's what I say. It's oh, all of because of some fantasy fucking pamphlet. Mm-hmm. It's just so ridiculous. And the fact that they still... And again, I, I'm not talking about faith and, and all the good that religion does. But you can see how it's done so great. You know, there's it's done such a great job in the Middle East mm-hmm. and here in Canada. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about all the, you know, pro-Palestinian protests and sh- yeah. boycotting Jewish um, businesses. And now there was a boycott last week here in Toronto of Starbucks. Yeah. I don't know why Starbucks. I don't know, maybe because of the star, like Star of David. I, I think they, I, I, the only any, I, any excuse, you know, anything to latch on to. Anyway. I'm looking at this Ken Paxton, just his profile here. Children, Tucker Paxton, Katie Paxton, Madison Paxton, Abby Paxton. He has three daughters. I wonder what they think. I don't know how old they are. It doesn't say, but if he's 60, these are functioning young adults. What do they think of daddy? Or have they been brainwashed? Yeah, they're the totally brainwashed. Too? Yeah. <clears throat> I met a few Well, he's, he's uh, been uh, through a lot of, like, he's, uh, I think uh, he just avoided impeachment in that mm-hmm. state. And he faces uh, felony fraud charges and an FBI investigation sure. is still ongoing with him. Oh, that's all bogus, though. Yeah. Man. That's all, you know. Oh, they're, sure they're, it is, yeah. yeah sure. Those, are, those yeah. are all fake charges, eh? Because he's a Republican. Yeah. They're fake charges. Yeah, only Republicans have fake charges. You know, and, and speaking of what you said about Rogan and people, and, you know, they talk about, isn't, I, I'm not 100% sure, but isn't Texas their motto, you know, live free or yeah, live like free that. or die or some shit? But here you have the freedom. They're all about freedom in America, especially in Texas. They have the freedom to carry guns and fucking shoot up people, but they do Mm -hmm. not have the freedom to make a decision. At least women don't have the freedom to make a decision over their own bodies. And I will not ever understand that. Having daughters my own self. Yeah. And really being able to carry a gun, you know, the Texas law, uh, the gun laws in California, Texas, obviously quite stark different. Um, 
everybody being able to pack an unregistered gun in Texas, is that really freedom? When you think about it. So when you're in the streets or you're in any situation where there could be a confrontation or anything could happen at any minute, do you really feel that free that you could be, you know, you could be shot? Is that freedom, you know, or is having gun laws that sort of protect the masses a, a better feeling of freedom? It's just so hypocritical. And oh, that's why it is so hypocritical. It is, and then and again, this is the Rogan. He sits there with his big fucking bulldog head, spewing all this shit all the time, trying to sound like the smart guy when he's a fucking idiot. Well, that's what I said. You know, it's like they have freedom to uh, walk around with guns, but you don't have the freedom over your own body. By the way, the the guy we're thinking of is Abbott. I think is uh, governor of Texas. Is the governor? You're right. Um, All right, Dan. Again, way to wind us up. We were all ready to have a nice little end of the show. You mentioned Trump. He goes crazy. I go crazy. It's crazy, (laughs) Dan. Crazy side on the crazy because you're talking about Joe. I go into anti-religion. It reminded me of Musk and his whole Twitter thing. Have you guys thought about how how much longer Twitter is going to be a thing? And and what you know, like, are you going to move over to another one of the what is it, Threads or? I tried Threads for a few days. I didn't. Uh, I couldn't care. I mean, the Twitter thing for me is I like. I get a lot of news from it, but I also engage in a lot of. I mean, lately it's all been. If you've ever, if you follow me on Twitter, you know what I've been engaged in lately, which is just you know trying to defend you know Jews. That's my new you know thing. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I know. I hope you're not attacked. I am. Well, I probably. I, but I. I basically retweet or tweet. You know things that I think are unjust. You know. But um, and golf shit. So that's about it. What about you, Dan? <laughs> you know, I just uh, usually I don't spend much time. Well, I end up there by clicking on some link or something. And then yeah. uh, then I go down the, the rabbit hole. I admit it. I go there every day. I go to go to I mean, a lot of the stuff I've just read has come from the Twitter feed of the story I grabbed. I, where I got the story about her was um, I, somebody either Julie sent it to me or I found it on Twitter. Mm hmm. Or I refuse to call it X, though. I'm the same with the Sky, though. I don't call that X either. (laughs) (laughs) Jays are playing at X tonight. See what I did there, Dan? That's called misdirection. I got it totally. Okay, I got to take a leak, so let's go shut this thing down. (laughs) It's been down. It's been. Are you still? Am I still what? Are you still getting that pain when you urinate? No. Are you, you okay. No, I'm good. I, oh, right. I, you know, you, it's so funny that we get so many emails from people that report on their heart rate and bowel movements, and yet you and I and Daniel have not, you know, been forthcoming. I can tell you for sure, mm. heart rate has never been better, mm. and bowel movements, even with six and a half weeks of Mexico, fantastic. At and times, no bur- and no burning your urine. No, that's good. Oh, that's good. At times, a little looser than I'd like, but volume-wise, fantastic. Dan, what about you? <laughs> what? I'm trying to write the end of the show here. I'm busy. <laughs> okay, Fred. What about you? Heart rate, bowel movements. Heart rate, good, Howard. I'm usually sitting high sixties, seventy, right in the middle, apparently. Yeah. Um, bowel movements uh, were excellent in Florida. I don't know whether it was the Miller Light down there is different. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's right. And what was the other one you wanted? That was it. Urinate? Just bowel movements. Oh, no, I didn't, oh, I didn't. I have no urination issues. I have no urgent. The burning is gone. That's great. Yes, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, discharge. How about the discharge? The weeping. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you for asking. The weeping discharge. Yeah, no, it seems to have cleared itself up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. See, Dan, you see that oh, fun exchange? Dan, we, we're, Tyler and I are abusing each other, and you don't seem to be part of this. No, he wants no part of this. He won't get in the play box. No. He the he, sandbox with us. Yeah, Dan, at least give the folks what they want. What's going on with your no BMs? No idea what my heart... I don't even know what, what about your bowel is. movements? Do you have them? I have them. And regular are they the nice? Night. Yeah, they're always nice. How would you characterize them? They're uh, solid, and they they come out quickly, and ah. I spend a lot of time on the crown. What How's about uh, what about wiping? Is it, is it a mess sometimes, or is it pretty dry back there? You know, it's a, you know kind of in between all of that, and then uh, you know use you know, the, the tushy know. to wash things away. Oh, you have a tushy too? I fucking love yeah, mine. A couple of Lisa has a couple here. Yeah, I tell you what, I one of my best Christmas presents two years ago was the tushy. You were you helped you actually supervised me. I did installing yeah. it. Yes, and I love it. Uh, it's no, a way it's to go. Have right, you used it before? It's a fantastic. Now what is this thing? Is it it's like a, a portable it, bidet or something? I, no, it's not. Por- it's like a, a, a bidet that you just. It's not a, but it attaches to your uh, toilet seat. It goes underneath the seat, and then you have an adjustment on the side. It's very simple. You just shoot water up there, and you. Where wet. do you? Where do you get the water feed from? Comes from the uh, the tank. Oh, you know the supply to the toilet. Yes. Oh, you hook into that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's a little fire hose kind of underneath the the seat. Yeah, and you can adjust the you can adjust the volume of water. You can make it a little bit of a trickle, or you can just shoot (laughs) it. Depends on how messy it is back there. You just shoot a whole water, a whole. uh, It's like like you say, a fire hose. Dan, it's fantastic. You can get you can if you want to spend a lot of time doing it. You may want to consider the uh, the option that has the hot water too, Mm. a, a warm water experience. If you feel that you want to do it for a while. Well, Dan, I appreciate you, uh, and your, I appreciate you being forthcoming with this information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd have to yeah. run a hot water line to your toilet, though. Yeah, I don't know exactly how it works, Jeez. but hey, if you're thinking of it, uh, I'll come over and help you with it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I you know my what, brother? Fred? I gave a tushy to my brother See? for uh, his birthday. Let's make it simple. Just come over and wipe my ass. <laughs> no, what I was, yeah, we can do that. Here's what you do: go to Fred's place. You know the uh, sprayer you have in your in your kitchen sink. Yeah, just have Dan shoot position that. Me. Just yes. position, <laughs> position you, and Spray then you'll away. shoot that in your ass, and you'll get mm-hmm. the same sensation. <laughs> Fuck. And if you like it, then you can buy one. And then you know what you can do after? You can diarrheaing that. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, tomorrow, Jeff Merrick will be here, and so will we. Uh, one more day to uh, get in on the uh, Kelsey's fun. In the meantime, here's Anchorman Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com, same place you send us that email with dong. Is that, is that what Double dong something? wedding Double, power. Double dong wedding, yeah. So uh, tell us what you think. Tell your friends to subscribe to this uh, damn show, and uh, any of that helps us out. We really appreciate it. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, diarrheaing can help you release pent-up tension. So do it and enjoy every goddamn day. Just clap your hands. Just clap your hands. Well.